Welcome to Hell Week. Welcome to the Nursery Podcast and welcome to Hell Week. This is our new series that JP and I put together for rising interns and actually for anybody who's interested in our training programs. This is a consolidated series to try to get you ready, all the things you need to know in order to be a training neurosurgeon. Hi everybody, JP here. The usual disclaimers. The information in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. The opinions expressed are our own and don't reflect those of any institution or professional organization. But perhaps most importantly, we're going to loosen up a little for this series. So expect some constructive advice, some controversial stories, but most importantly, get ready to learn. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Neurosurgery Podcast. Today is another episode in our series of uh, Beyond Neuro Boot Camp, the Hell Week training course for the new interns starting this year on July 1st, 2020. Um, kind of in a direct follow-up to a previous episode on seeing your first consult, today we're going to be discussing how to staff that consult with your superiors, be it an attending, be it a senior resident, and how to pass that information along the chain of command. Um, obviously, I'll be able to talk about this from the intern perspective, and Dr. Wang, I hope you'll be able to give us some insights from the superior side on what you like to hear and what you don't. Yeah, you guys are calling folks like me who are who are angry of being woken up in the middle of the night. So yeah, it's perfect. Okay, so you are a new intern. Maybe it's July 10th. You're alone in the hospital overnight. Uh, you just got called down to the emergency room. Somebody's coming in with a headache, and it turns out they've got a tumor. Clinically stable. Um, exam is benign. They've just had a headache for a couple of weeks. Imaging is all done. You pick up the phone to call your senior resident and let them know what's going on. Um, now, Dr. Wang, let, I guess cast your mind back to when you were a senior or a chief resident. Uh, what's the first thing you would want to hear out of the uh, intern's mouth about this patient? Yeah, so I would add that I think the first thing happens way before the consult, which is before you've even worked with this person overnight, you should call ahead or, or have dinner with them or have a drink with them and figure out what they like. Some attendings are going to be super neurotic and want to be up on all the details. Others are going to be much more like, it's your chance to learn. So just call me for the important stuff. But I will tell you, if I only get one piece of information, it better be one of the first things out of the person's mouth. Do I need to go to the OR? Are you planning to go to the OR with this? Or are you just giving me an intel, right? And that's very important to have in your mind. Do you think this might be something we need to do tonight or in the morning, or for that matter, in the morning, right? Right. Uh, that, that's a great point. And I'll tell you that as my year as an intern has gone on, in the early days of taking call alone at Cook County, lots of traumas, I would call the chief resident for every patient that I saw. I was brand new. That was expected of me, and that's what I was told to do. As the year went on and I gained more experience, I learned more of the algorithms in that hospital and with that service, we would kind of relax things. And he'd say, okay, you know, if it's nothing acute, nothing operative, you know, and you know what to do, just tell me about it in the morning. So kind of as you said, Dr. Wang, it is important to talk to your seniors and, and have a good understanding of the expectations for whether or not to call, what to call about, and then what they want to hear. And that's a great point. First thing out of your mouth, you know, do I need to get out of bed and come in or are we just you know, going to be talking about a plan here? 
Yeah, and I think when you say senior, right, when you're starting, everybody's your senior, right? So which senior are we talking about? So the senior could be the senior resident on call. It could be to get up a chief a resident or a fellow, or it could be an attending. And they all have different considerations. So, for example, if it's a, a resident above you, that person is trying to get a read on um, your either either give you an opinion on this or come into the hospital to help you or prep something like the OR. When you're talking about a chief resident or a fellow, that person is, is really only generally being called if there's a major liability issue, a death, or need to go to the OR, and they need to plan. I'll add that for attendings, attendings are looking at something very different from the resident because they already have a daily schedule laid out, right? So for example, like if, if it's 1 a.m. and you've got a case that is gonna need to go, but it can wait till the morning, and I have cases already booked, elective cases, I'm gonna to need to maybe move those or rearrange them, or I might get bumped or bump myself. Or if I'm in clinic, how am I gonna staff it? Which residents are gonna help me with the case? What kind of help am I gonna have? So I think everybody above you has a slightly different read on what, what they're gonna do with your information. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, as with any conversation in life or, you know, professionally, you got to know your audience and know who you're talking to, because as you said, they're going to want different information and they're going to process it differently and, and do different things with that information. Um, so, you know, you're on the phone now, let's say you're talking to a, a chief resident who's at home, it's a trauma, and they start asking you about this patient. So first things first, like we talked about in the last uh, episode, Make sure that you have seen the patient. Make sure that you have a, a good, firm understanding of their exam, their imaging. And hopefully, if you've worked with this person before or, or talked with them about their expectations, you can present things in a clear, concise format, um, both for the sake of efficiency and organization with the person you're talking to. There, you know, you, you'll learn with your own seniors. You'll learn within, within your own department. How do we usually communicate these things? What's the structure? What order do they like to hear things? And I'm sure that the conversation that you as an intern are going to have with your senior resident is going to be much longer and probably with a lot more back and forth than that chief resident may have with the attending when they staff it on their end. Um, Dr. Wang, what kind of phone calls do you get on the rare occasion that you're woken up in the middle of the night down in Miami? Yeah, so in Miami, we have a unique call structure where we don't take trauma call except for spine because I'm a spine surgeon, but the trauma guys take trauma and the cranial guys take cranial, meaning vascular and tumor. So it's a little bit more compartmentalized, but I would say that if if someone's calling me, it means that they want to go to the OR and it's already filtered through a couple channels. So that's one of the things. It's, I, I think it's a little different between Rush and Miami, maybe at Cook County, is that some places have a hierarchical system. The person on call, whether it's a PA, intern, senior resident, calls a senior level resident, like a chief or a senior or a fellow, and that person then deals with the attending. Other places like at Cook County, right, you call the attendants directly. Is that right? Um, on occasion, typically we'll call a chief, both at Rush and a county, but there are times when I've had to call attendings directly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think you have to see what the pattern of behavior and, and even within a structure, there may be two different hospitals that function entirely differently, like a VA versus a county hospital versus a university hospital. They might all have different structures. So once again, preparation, understanding the hierarchy of information is very critical. Now, let me ask you something, JP. Do you ever jump the hierarchy? Uh, you know, not if you can help it, but 
it, it has come up. Um, you know, the, the times when I've had to call attendings directly um, has usually happened during the day where a lot of times we staff things via text message just so everything's there in front of you and you can, uh, you, you know, review some information um, and pull up imaging as you're reading through. And so sometimes if I've been on call during the day and my chiefs who we would normally staff things with are operating and it's at a critical portion of the case, but the console has some level of urgency to it, they'll ask me to go directly to the attending. And, you know, the way it's structured at Rush, where typically we go junior to chief and then chief talks to the attending, um, this was a point I was going to bring up anyway, talking, you know, staffing that above the chain of command myself, or just hearing from you right now, Dr. Wang, about the things you think about and the things you want to hear during a consult, I think is very important for these new interns. Because one of the most important things I learned throughout this year was if you know what's going to happen with the information you're giving someone, you're more mindful about what information to have for them. So for me, when I talk to my chief and I know the kind of conversation they're going to have with the attending afterwards, I know what information not to leave out. I know what details I can give them later and I can kind of tailor my presentation to the chief knowing what they're going to draw from that to give to the attending. Right, right. Those are really good points. But I, I was bringing up a sort of a controversial situation, which will probably happen to you, which is where you, you need to jump the chain of command or you might be needing to because of one of a couple scenarios. One is the person you're reporting to, whether it's a senior resident, chief resident or God forbid, an attending, right, is not responding. Let's say you're in the ER, you're an intern, you can't take a patient to surgery yourself for whatever reason and you have a person, a young patient with an isolated head injury, epidural hematoma blowing a pupil, right? GCS of seven, eight, right? You know you need to go to the OR with that case in all likelihood if the coagulation profile is right. And so you call whoever your proximate senior person is and they don't pick up. Or you call them and they say, I know I don't wanna to go to the OR. Do you then jump the chain to go above that person, let's say it's an attending, you call the chairman, right? Have you ever heard about situations like that, JP? So that second scenario uh, has not happened to me. I, I have not jumped over a chief resident for something that I thought needed surgery. Um, there have been times where um, the person I was reporting to didn't think somebody needs surgery, and then I've had the attending call me once they heard about it, and they wanted to talk to me directly because I was the one in the building. I have been in situations where the person I'm reporting to was unavailable, either because things were happening far too fast and they were scrubbed, or not me personally, but um, some of my co-residents, when they were alone overnight, someone wasn't answering the phone. And so they called a different chief who was not on call. They called a different senior. In my case, uh, I, I was in a scenario where we had a floor patient who crashed. I wanted to take them to the ICU and um, potentially to the OR. There was not enough time to, I would have to physically run downstairs to talk to my chief because he was scrubbed in and operating. So I just called that patient's attending on the cell phone, told him what was going on, ran my plan by him, got approval and did everything. And that was perfectly fine. And everyone said, you did the right thing. It was good to bring this to my attention, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that was a very special case. And it's certainly not something I, I try to do too frequently. Yeah, exactly. Once you're in that scenario, and you probably will be, at, at, unfortunately, at some point, um, you know, it's never comfortable because whoever you're reporting to is suddenly thrown under the bus, right? So this is, right. I'll, I'll just give a piece of advice about this because it happens more than you would think. 
I think that this is where it's very advisable to have something of an ally in, above you. It could be a, a senior resident, it could be a chief resident, it could be a fellow, it could be another a, a, an attending. And I will caution you, don't just gravitate to whoever is the nicest person in the program. And, and what I mean by that is, like, if it's someone that's just nice, they may not be the right person for this. And one of the reasons for this is because in our last episode on Hell Week, we talked about this Monday morning quarterbacking, right? And sometimes it does come down to, like, a he said, she said. And it's helpful to have someone who has some veracity. who said, no, 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 you know, actually what happened was, you know, JP called me and, and we talked about it. And maybe it was or wasn't the right decision, but we went over it. And it, and it was like that, right? Or if it's someone where you have to go over them because they weren't responding, that it's not like you're going around them, right? It's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm sorry, you know, we tried to get a hold of you, but this was really couldn't wait. And so I asked this person. And of course, all this is amplified if you're in a department with a lot of politics, right? With a lot of infighting. Then mm -hmm. when you start to do this, it gets extra complicated, right? But it's, but you're a neurosurgeon, right? You're smart, you know how to negotiate these waters. Yeah, and, and kind of as we touched on in the last episode, knowing the person you're reporting to and knowing their personality, knowing their their habits, um, if you're new and now you're in the junior call pool and you're reporting to a chief, that chief has probably taken senior call before. So you can talk to some of the PGY2s, PGY3s ahead of time and say, hey, what's it like staffing things with this guy? Um, how quick does he usually answer? Like, if I send him a text message and he doesn't answer for five minutes, should I just call? Should I give him 10 minutes? Um, how does he like things phrased? Try to get that intel as much as possible so that when you are alone in the middle of the night and you think something urgent is happening to a patient, you're set up to communicate the most effectively with that senior you're reporting to, and you know what it looks like if you're not going to hear from them and you need to call somebody else. Yeah, and so for for to that point, I think communication is really critical, and how you communicate. I don't just mean what you say, but what mode of communication. I'll give you a good example, right? Almost every attending that I know has a landline. I have a phone line here in the house. Now I know that sounds crazy, but I still have a landline, right? My residents probably don't know my home phone number, but they should, right? Yeah. Because they don't know what's going on with my cell phone or what. They should have my wife's phone number. Right. They, most of them do, actually, because she's so much fun. But, uh, you know, you know, to some degree, the onus is on you to communicate. And just because you text something doesn't mean it got there. Right. Because, you know, you could be used to texting your girlfriend, but we're talking about life and death sometimes. So the problem is whenever you go around somebody, they're always going to be potentially perturbed by it because you're basically embarrassing them, saying they didn't hold up their end of the deal. And you don't want to get in this battle with an attending or chief where you're whipping out your cell phones to show who got a text or whatever. That's yeah. You've already lost once that started. So just be aware of, of how to think about this before the problem happens, because when it happens, it happens at the worst possible hour. Now, I, I wanted to, to touch on something else, JP, besides going to the OR, which is the second most important thing people want to know, which is disposition. Can you comment a little on that? Because I think a lot of chiefs and senior residents want to know about the disposition of the patient. Yeah, I mean, this, I think, is going to vary a lot between different hospitals and departments and, and what the institutional norms are. But I think um, what you might be getting at is the most important question is, is the person going to stay in the hospital or go home? And then if they're going to stay in the hospital, are we buying the patient? Um, yep. Right. And so... That, I think, is going to vary with different departments, but 
obviously, if you're going to take the patient to your own service, there's going to be a higher level of involvement and thus a higher level of uh, detail maybe when you discuss the patient and your plan for them. Because if they're going to another service, you're just giving recommendations and you might say, get me this lab, get me this imaging, remainder of care per primary, right? Whereas if you're taking a patient on your own service, you have to make all of the decisions for them, which means you have to think about everything for that patient. Right, right. So, you know, as we're, as we're coming to a close here, I want to offer some advice to the young people. And I don't know if you did this, JP, or not. But if you're matched in your home institution, it's easy. If you didn't, uh, maybe there's a chance to rectify this, which is, uh, and I don't know if this is going to be impacted by the coronavirus. Maybe by mid to late June, you guys are all back to something like normal. Before you show up to work on day one, and I know this, this sounds like you're going around the rules a little bit, but it's not a bad idea to just go hang out with some of these guys before you need to report. And what I would say is that, you know, I knew the guys at USC really well, and I'd done sub-eyes with them and all that. Like June 14th, go in the hospital, take a night of call with somebody, you know, that's going to really get your residency off to a super, super start. And you know what, if you fuck it up, you weren't even employed then. So you can't really fuck it up, right? Except annoy people, I guess. But it's better to do it then than your first night on call. So if I could offer any practical advice, do the uh, the, the ride along, right? It's like a ride along with the sheriff or the uh, or you know the police officers or paramedics. I think that's a good way to get a very very solid read on what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. the 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 best way to get good at anything is by doing it over and over again. And so if we're talking about communicating with your team and communicating with your superiors on the team. The way to get good at that is to talk to them more, get to know them as people. So, you know, you have that interpersonal shorthand that you develop with anyone that you know for some period of time. So when you think something is urgent, they know what that means and they can hear it in your voice. Um, they can hear that nuance and, and trust. Uh, you can start to build that trust of when you're on the phone with them and you're the one in the building and you say, I think this is real versus, oh, I think this patient's fine. Um, you can start building that level of trust and and effective communication early. You can be yelled at for just about anything, but nobody gets yelled at for being diligent or enthusiastic. Amen to that. Mm -hmm.